Hey, this is Misty Cordes. And if you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build your professional relationships, you should be listening to Sell Without Selling podcast with my good friend, Stacey O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Today, I'm speaking with a really good friend of mine, Misty Cortez. Misty is a passionate entrepreneur and business owner who has empowered many small businesses to succeed when it comes to marketing their business, which is something I'm sure a lot of you are very interested in. With her formal education in marketing, over two decades of speaking and training, and more importantly, her real life in the trenches business experience, Misty knew she had to share her insider secrets to success with other small business owners. Compelled by a strong desire to share her expert experience and knowledge, Misty created Your Marketing Coach, a marketing firm that empowers entrepreneurs to succeed and accomplish their dreams. I am so excited for you to hear my conversation with Misty today. I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or maybe you just want more, and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots, increase accountability, and help with success strategies to take you, your business, your income, and your success to the next level. If this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a phone call with us to make sure we're a great fit for each other. Okay, let's do this. Misty, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I am so excited to have you here. You know, your topic is one of my most favorite topics because I think it's one that entrepreneurs and business owners, especially the self-employed, need the most and really consider the least. Yes. So before we really dive deep into our topic. It's important for me, for our listeners to really get to know you because, you know, getting to know you was what really connected me to you. You know, you're not the typical marketer, you Mm -hmm. know, you, you really got in the trenches. And as you and I have had many conversations with, you really get what it's like to need to bootstrap a business. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I mean, you and I share a lot in common with that. So, so whatever got you into this journey of being an entrepreneur and especially in marketing? Funny you ask. Uh, I say this all the time because I, my entre- I, like I was born an entrepreneur mm. and I, like I was just wired that way. I mean, I, I remember back like when I was in the first grade where, you know, normal kids would run out to the playground to go play not me. I'd take my crayons, my markers, whatever I had, colored pencils and paper, run out to the nearest tree, go sit down, and I would be drawing pictures and so that I could sell them on the next recess. (laughs) (laughs) And then I got kind of smart because I figured out once the kids would buy one or two pictures, they wouldn't come back to get more. Mm -hmm. And this is, I mean, this is year clearly years ago, right? Dating myself a bit, but um, I would, I would actually make little tattoos with number two pencils or pen where you'd kind of lick them and stick them. And so the kids would come back every day to get those. And I sold them for a nickel. So I was always looking for ways to like bring my customers back, you know, Mm -hmm. even back in the first grade. Mm -hmm. So my entrepreneurial spirit runs deep. I mean, I've dragged my husband into more opportunities than he probably would love to, you know, admit, but, um, <laughs> you know, I've had core businesses obviously throughout the years, but you know, I, I, I we, my husband and I got married young, we have four children and, um, but we were always just looking for ways to make extra money on the side. Mm-hmm. Every venture I've ever pursued, I've, I've been very blessed and fortunate to be able to make some money at it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think one of the things one of many things that that hold people back from being successful are excuses you know and 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 you and i have a lot of those from our past you know i i have a belief that that our past doesn't define us our past creates us Mm -hmm. right and and things weren't easy i mean like you said you and your husband got married really young and and had kids and and your past created an opportunity to where uh, I'll lovingly say it probably wasn't easy for you to learn how to trust people, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and well, being, you know that firsthand, actually. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and being an entrepreneur and, and, and being self-employed, trust is something that that we really need to embrace right Mm -hmm. not only trust the self and trust of others and we definitely can't trust others so we trust ourselves so how did how did your past help you and hinder you from your journey to success as i think about the ups and downs uh you know in the past that we've gone through Mm -hmm. um i would say it was more of a a blessing than a curse. And the reason is, is because, um, there were moments where I didn't look at it like that brief moments. I usually (laughs) don't wallow too long in my self-pity, but, um, it it was more of a blessing because I I don't know, I'm wired that when my back's against the wall, I'll come out swinging, like I'll Mm -hmm. figure it out. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's in those moments that things seem like the worst that I get the most creative when things are comfortable, you just kind of go status quo and just kind of drift, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And so it was actually the, the, I used to say all the time, like, you know, um, the, the funny thing is, you know, you can't fall off the floor, 
right? Yeah. So when you're down, when you're down to nothing, the good news is, is you can't fall off the floor. Yeah. The bad news is some days it's hard to get up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But so, but the thing is, is like when you're on the floor level, the, the mindset that I always had was this is, as, this is as bad as it can get. And I'd actually even almost give myself permission to take like 15 minutes and, and create the story in my mind that actually isn't happening. That isn't mm-hmm. true yet, mm-hmm. but I'd give myself permission to go, what's the worst thing that can happen if I take this risk, if I, if I take this challenge, if I'm, if I move forward with this idea. Right. And, and when I play it out in my mind, it's almost like emotionally, I'm already feeling what it would feel like if that happened. And because of that, it gives me the courage to actually move forward because I've already experienced it and I've never jumped out of an airplane, nor do I intend to, but (laughs) for those who have, I'm sure it's something like, oh crap, I don't want to do this. And then you jump and then you're like, wow, this was amazing. Right? Well, the, the simple fact of taking a few minutes to allow yourself to feel emotionally, what it would, what it would feel like, or look like if, if everything went to crap and, and didn't play out as you wanted it to, Mm -hmm. um, you've already experienced the pain. So now there's nothing, there's nothing to lose, right. But to take the action. So I got to tell you, I love your analogy about jumping out of a plane. I have jumped out of a plane. I was airborne (laughs) in the army. And, uh, I remember that feeling where we stood up and hooked up and then, you know, we were, so, so it's called stand up, hook up, shuffle to the door. Got shuffle. They'd yeah. have to push to the door. <laughs> well, I mean, that gear is heavy, right? So, yeah, stand up, hook up, shuffle to the door, count the three, and you're out the door. Yeah. So, I remember standing up, hooking up, and then wanting to throw up. Oh. And, <laughs> and then, you know, we're a line and everyone's shuffling and you're being pushed. And I got to the door and I froze. And that itty bitty shitty committee deployed aloud. It was not letting go. And I'm standing there looking out. And then all of a sudden I felt a boot on my back. He just kicked me out. <laughs> and all that was going through my mind is what did I do? What did I do? I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Right. And then all of a sudden my shoot engaged and it was the most incredible experience. And it's so metaphorically accurate Mm -hmm. to entrepreneurism. You know, you sign up, you step up, you move forward. And then that, that itty bitty shitty committee deploys. And it's, what did I do? What am I going to do? I'm going to fail. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then it's, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> Look at, I actually did something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was worthwhile. It wasn't yeah. playing it safe. And I think that's the reward of the risk, right? Is getting that rush of, wow, this was so worth the risk. Yeah. You know, I remember a long time ago, a friend of mine telling me, Stacy, you know, you made it when you get sued. <laughs> nice. And I got to tell you, my lawsuit that I went through, I didn't feel like I made it. And then afterwards, it was like, oh, my gosh, you really did, you know, and uh, I I had a coach of mine tell me, if you're not pushing the envelope to the point to where you're so uncomfortable, you're either going to throw up or pass out, you're not playing a big game, and you're not willing to play a big game, go get a job. 
And, you know, she told me there's nothing wrong with having a job. Mm -hmm. It's just to be an employee and to be an entrepreneur or self-employed are two totally different characteristics. Yep. You have to be a risk taker. Absolutely. I never looked at myself as a risk taker before. And stepping back, looking at, wow, decisions I made could have gone either way and the actions I took determined which way they went. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So when you're young, married, having kids, and I mean, when we say young, you were young, right? Yeah. I was 17. So, yeah, yeah. You were a teenager. Yeah. Adulting. You were. I can't were, even know. I can't even think about my children having children right now. And they're older than I was when I had them. <laughs> so. <laughs> so I would venture to guess how you define success back then is probably different to how you define it today. Right. So when you were first starting out, grabbing for any and every income opportunity how did you define success then and then what shifted and how do you define it today actually it's been it's been somewhat similar um although the priorities have changed when i first started my business uh years ago i i don't i just i never wanted to work for anyone I, mm -hmm. I knew that innately, like I, I like being the boss. <laughs> I yeah. like calling the shots. And um, even in, I did have a couple, I actually had three jobs in my life, one of them in high school and midway point, and mm -hmm. then a little bit later. And I just realized like, I'm not wired for, for that environment. Right. And it stifles my creativity and it makes me miserable. So that was very clear to me, but when I started my, my official businesses, like legit businesses, not just side hustles. Um, it, I, I was in the mindset that I wanted to be home. I wanted to be able to raise my kids. I wanted to be on every school trip. I didn't want to have to take vacation time to take them to the doctor or the dentist. Like I wasn't signing up for that kind of a life. And so my priority in starting my business was freedom, flexibility, and control. That's mm -hmm. what I wanted. And right. When you think that when you sit down and think about those three words, freedom, flexibility, and control, and what those mean to you in your life and how they play a role, it's it's huge. Mm -hmm. And it's something that even though maybe some of my ideas failed, or when I say failed, it's not that they failed, because I actually don't believe that. It's I believe that, you know, every experience happens for a reason. It's a learning process, yeah. obviously. I call it failing forward, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And um, so you know, but even when, when things didn't go maybe the way I had wanted them to, or I didn't get the complete outcome that I was looking for, I still had freedom, flexibility, and control. Mm -hmm. that, and that was more important to me than anything else. Mm -hmm. And then you fast forward a few years later, you know, when you and I first met my, my ultimate goal, I had a mindset, like I had achieved a level of success as a solopreneur. And yeah. then I, I called myself an entrepreneur when I started bringing on some part-time help. Mm -hmm. And my focus was like, we got to get to a million dollars a year. I don't know why I drew the line in the sand for that, but for <laughs> my, for me, that was like, you've achieved success. Yeah. Right. And, um, but I, it's funny because even after that happened, I went back to the core of, actually, I just want freedom, flexibility and control. Yeah. Cause my, I retired my husband now, what, four and a half years ago. He hasn't. Congratulations. Yeah. It's been awesome. Um, we travel, I mean, shoot, I'm, I'm now moving back into a five day work week, mm -hmm. but for about three years, I was working, you know, three, four days a week, 
running a, a, a great business and just having that freedom, flexibility, and control because our, our kids were now grown and doing their own thing. And now my husband and I could actually live our 20s and our 40s. Nice. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah, I, it's so it, it kind of has always been the same purpose. It's just, um, it's just, you know, different, different priorities now in terms of how we spend that freedom, flexibility, and control. Yeah, exactly. So, so you talk about failing forward and, you know, you and I share a very similar opinion about that F-bomb, right? Yes. Failing. <laughs> and, and, you know, for me, I, I believe there's no such thing as failure unless you choose to avoid learning from what didn't work. If you choose to avoid the learnings attached to what didn't work, then yes, you're on your path to fail. However, this, this failing forward, how has that, how's that impacted you? Because let's face it, we both know the journey hasn't been easy for either one of us. No, no, there's tough times, but I mean, you know, you've heard probably the philosophy many people have, you know, when you work out at the gym, your muscles hurt afterwards. Why? Because you're growing, you're stretching, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, that's life in a nutshell. I don't even know a better way to put it, but it's interesting. I don't know, probably over 20 years ago, I'm really dating myself today, (laughs) 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 but you know, I I came to the realization. I actually drew, I'm a very graphic person driven mm-hmm. person. Right. And I drew a picture on a piece of paper and I was like, this is how most people view success and failure. They're like, over here's failure over here's success. And I'm, and I live here in the middle. Mm-hmm. So every decision, every action that I take either moves me towards failure or towards success. Yeah. And actually that's not true. So where we actually are is we're all here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all start here. We all start yeah. with, we we're we're an empty vessel. And then as, as experiences happen and as we take risks and as we do things and as we participate in things and get exposed to things, we move through failure towards whatever, whatever that success is to us. But the interesting thing about it is, you know, success isn't a a destination. It's, it's a journey. It's a journey. Yeah, exactly. So I stopped thinking, okay, is, is this right or wrong? Because now my belief system isn't, this isn't right or wrong. It's just what is. Mm-hmm. And so whatever the outcome is, it is. And we're just going to move forward in life with that outcome, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever it is. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's the, the, the way I always share with people is there's always movement in life. It's a universal law. What yeah. you feed grows and what you starve dies. And life is always moving. The world is moving. Time is moving. Expenses are fluid. They're constantly moving. So if you're moving in a direction, hopefully the right direction, if you're moving, then you're staying with the the growth opportunity. You know, any movement is better than no movement because this philosophy of standing still is non-existent. Well, yeah, it's like, I don't like where I'm at then why are you staying there? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But but you don't understand. I just don't like it. It it, it doesn't make me feel good. Great. Take a step forward. Take a step sideways. Take, take, just take a step. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for, for people who are, who are standing still, and I say that in, in, in air quotes, because I, I don't think anybody 
intentionally admits that they're standing still and by not taking action, you're standing still, so to speak. And Absolutely. if you are, if you are not moving and everything in life is moving, then you're actually regressing. Yeah. Right. Yep. You know, like when, when the pandemic hit, a lot of people, a lot of people had made the comment, I'm going to wait till we get on the other side of this. Well, history has told us, showed us, proved to us the Spanish flu lasted three years, right? right? If you stopped and waited to get to the other side, there's not going to be an entity, a business, financial culpability to yeah. achieve that longevity and need of waiting, right? Yeah. Which leads me to talking to you about your forte, right? You are a marketing guru. And one of the things that I absolutely positively loved about you was your, your concept of bootstrap marketing, yeah. right? Um, it's something I had to do going through the lawsuit. It's something you had to do starting out. You know, we all start somewhere, like you said. We yep. all have a starting line and success. There is no finish line. We just keep going. If there is a finish line, then you're really not on a path of success. You're on a path of a task completion. Right. right? Yep. So let's start. Let's start with bootstrap marketing. Explain to us your concept of bootstrap marketing. And then, and then we're going to take it to a multitude of other directions. Yeah. So, I mean... I've talked to many business owners now and um, a lot of them will say to me, well, when I, when I get this, then I can do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And my philosophy of bootstrap marketing is to leverage what you have now and take action with that. Right. When, you know, when I started your marketing coach, I started it with a $20 staples coupon, <laughs> an idea and a free 30 day trial for Wix. <laughs> like, <laughs> That was, that was my startup. I literally, I didn't have a dime to, I actually borrowed money just to pay my rent, mm -hmm. like from my in-laws. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, start where you are with what you have. Mm -hmm. That's bootstrap marketing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I was talking to um, an SEO, an, an SEO specialist who mm -hmm. also is, is a Google specialist, right? Um, he worked for Google and uh, his claim to fame is he got fired from Google because he started his own business and Google yep. found out. It's that boot in the back of, in the back, yep. right? <laughs> yep. yep. And, um, and, you know, one of the, one of the most glaring things as a success strategist, as a business coach that, that I see is so many people either pull back on marketing because they don't have the money or they pull back on marketing because they're too busy. Yeah. Both of which are huge mistakes. Yep. The other mistake that I see is they attempt to market themselves. Mm -hmm. And you know, I always tell them just take that stack of $100 bills and use it as kindling to start your fire because that's basically what you're doing yeah right so as a as a marketer as a marketing expert your marketing coach what's your advice to the people who aren't marketing yet and what's your advice to people who stop marketing when they're busy 
Yeah. So I'll start with the stop marketing when busy, because I think for the most part, most people think they're marketing, right? And so they they think they're doing it. And then what happens is they get on that entrepreneurial roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do everything I can do to try to get a client, 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 client. And they get up, then they get the client, right? They're at the peak of that hill. And then all of a sudden they have to fulfill. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. they stop marketing. Mm-hmm. And and it's a constant, you know, especially as a solopreneur and an entrepreneur, if you're if they're, if you're the one wearing all the hats in your business, mm-hmm. um, it's it becomes increasingly difficult to prioritize marketing because you're thinking to yourself, well, my client's the most important thing in my business. And I would actually challenge that because eventually the client will go away for most of us. Mm -hmm. I mean, clients have a life, you know, lifespan and whatever that is to you and your business. But um, marketing is, is what attracts those clients. So if you're not marketing, you're not going to attract new clients. When that one goes, now you're down, you're, you're, it's kind of like pushing a car. Like the first time you push it, it's like, you know, it's mm-hmm. heavy, but mm-hmm. the next 15 times you push it, you're starting to wear out because you're like, man, I can't keep doing this. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the epitome of an entrepreneurship is, you know, uh, you've got to make sure that marketing is the most important appointment on your schedule. Mm-hmm. And I say this, I say this to our clients all the time is like, you, no one is going to prioritize your business growth. Your clients aren't going to do it. Mm -hmm. So you have to prioritize it. So what day of the week are you going to work? Are you going to choose to work on your business? And I can tell you as a, as I say that all it's in my, it's in my bio, right in the trenches. I know what it's like to be the solopreneur, to be wearing all the hats in your business and trying to figure out how you're going to juggle everything. And I can tell you this, um, you know, marketing, finances and client management are the top three priorities. Like those have to be on the schedule. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, the one third rule lays it out really easily. It's one third of the time gets focused on marketing, one third of the time on admin, one third of the time on operations. There you go. If if you don't structure your calendar, your business, your plan like that, you have a recipe for disaster. Right. Yeah, but they go, well, wait, Misty, what happens if my client, you know, I have my marketing scheduled on Fridays and my clients need me wait till Monday. <laughs> right. Boy, that right. was easy. Yeah. <laughs> Hit the, yeah. That was easy button. <laughs> <laughs> but that yeah, but emotionally, <laughs> emotionally, it's hard, Misty, is yeah. it? Yeah. Or are you making it emotional? Yeah. Because your client, we think as business owners, we think our clients want us you know, one, our attention 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that's actually not true, right? They can't. And the funny thing about it is they can't even, you know, our clients can't uphold that in their own business. Well, for me, I work with business owners, right? Mm-hmm. I don't expect my clients to show up for their clients like that. So why would yeah. I expect that of myself? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you, again, if you don't prioritize your business and growth, no one will. No, exactly. So back on to that client who's busy and and decides to pull back on marketing. Yeah. You know, I, I think one of the things that that people tend to forget is, you know, there's a pipeline and and there's a the, the, there's momentum and it takes about four depending on what it is you sell. I mean, if you're selling a five dollar lipstick, probably not so much, but 
you know, it takes about four to six months to really establish momentum and create a healthy pipeline. And like you said, every business experiences attrition. Yes. So if you are budgeting to grow 20% next year, that really means you need to grow about 35% because the average industry experiences about a 15% attrition. Yep. And realistically speaking, depending on if you're a local service or an internet-based service or, or whatever, that attrition rate increases the, with, with the more instant gratification that the internet drives. Yes. You know, and, yeah. and if you aren't constantly creating a pipeline, filling a pipeline, keeping that momentum and nurturing it, you're going to have this stop, go, stop, go, stop, go process in a business. And it's really hard to thrive in that environment. Is that, is that something you see on a continual basis? Absolutely. Here's, here's what we want as business owners. We want to meet someone for five minutes, have a conversation. They, they immediately leave our conversation. They go to our website. They look at one page on the website and they click buy. That's what we want. <laughs> Where <laughs> and do you I get find it. those people at, Misty? <laughs> right? I get it. I want those people too. Unfortunately, right. that doesn't really work that way most of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 98% of the people who show up on our website aren't going to buy the first time that we find them there. So, right. so what do you do about that as a business owner, right? The thing that we teach, obviously, we're in digital marketing, is if that visitor gets there and you don't capture their information you have no way to follow up with them with the exception. I'm not going to get into the strategy of it, but right. you can pixel them and retarget them on Facebook or Google or whatever, yep. but it makes it a lot harder when you only have one way that you can communicate with that individual. So what you want to do is you want to capture their information. How do you mm -hmm. do that? Give away something for free in exchange for their contact information. It's mm -hmm. a strategy, right? Mm -hmm. And so we, we, we want to make sure that we do that. Now we've got this now we've got this person who filled out our free resource, right? And what do we want to do? We want to send them one email and buy our stuff. <laughs> yep. And it just doesn't work like that. And, you, you know, you and I were talking about this, you know, this is where nurturing becomes critically important. And when mm -hmm. you think about, I actually just recently wrote a blog about the difference between marketing and sales, because yep. even though they overlap um, in their similar similarities, uh, they are actually two different activities. Marketing yeah. is more relational driven and sales are more transactional driven, right? And so when it comes to converting the people that we've, um, you know, our prospects or leads that we've captured, we've got to get into the mode of nurturing. Mm -hmm. and, and the reality is, and I see this, I mean, as a business, you know, over the last nine years, we've served over 2,600 businesses. So yeah. we've seen this time and time again. Most businesses don't nurture. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, I, I call it the S&M of business, right? Mm. You have sales and marketing and it's yep. the nasties that people don't talk about. And reality is they are very autonomous and they're also very synonymous. Mm -hmm. and, and what I mean by that is you need both departments. You need 
both processes in order for a company to succeed because the marketing is what dates the client. The yep. sales is what marries the client. Absolutely. And, you know, you need both departments to shake hands and be on the same page so that you can serve your prospective clients to becoming happy clients, right? Yep. Yep. And so many people think that marketing is sales and sales is marketing. Like I'm going out door knocking. Great. Why? Oh, because I'm, I'm looking for clients. Are you looking for clients or are you looking to build relationships? Because if you knock on the door at five o'clock at my house, you better be ready and prepared linguistically to deal with it. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a marketing experience, right? And, and then from there, after you've marketed, after you've nurtured, after you understand your prospective client, your avatar, then you know how long you have to date them to ask them to marry you, yep. so to speak, right? Absolutely. And, yep. and like you said, the ideal, the ideal business or the business expectation is meet them, sell them. Yep. However, that's probably less than 3%. Yeah. Well, that's the equivalent of, hi, my name's Misty. Will you marry me? Right. Like, wow, yeah. where'd that come from? And who yeah. the heck are you? Yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like back off. And and yeah. when we when we approach our marketing like that, which most people do, um, we actually push people away rather than pull them in closer to us and want to wanting them, you know, them wanting to know more about us. Mm -hmm. So we have to be careful of that. We need to make sure that we do our due diligence. And so the next question I always get, okay, so what is, what is nurturing Misty? Right. That's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that my nurturing. note right here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, nurturing in my, in my, um, world and, and with the customers that we work with is providing additional um, guidance, expertise, experience. It, heck, it's what we're doing today, right? Mm -hmm. We're mm -hmm. sharing insight on your podcast um, that hopefully some listeners listening to and going, wow, if, if I could take this one concept, this one idea to help me move forward, it, it can help you in your business, mm -hmm. right? It's as simple as that. That's nurturing. So nurturing is creating content, creating information um, and putting that information readily available in front of your audience. And I call it ungated content. Yeah. Ungated means, so once I've captured your name and email, I don't need you to re-opt into everything I create, yeah. right? Yeah. So what I do is I create ungated content. What is that? Those are blogs, podcasts, um, video trainings. We do webinars a lot, um, things like that, you know, trainings that you give away for free. And it, it's a way that you are able to position yourself as an expert, mm -hmm. um, build trust and rapport with mm -hmm. that prospect. Uh, and then once they, here's the thing, people always say to me, well, okay, Missy, if I go and I give away all my stuff, all my knowledge, all my expertise, they're not going to, they're not going to hire me. Yeah. That's not actually true. I live in Arizona. There, we, most people don't even have grass, but everybody has a landscaper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, the, the reality is, is people don't want to do the work, right? Not to mention they can't, I mean, you can't do everything in the work. You, you can't do everything. The, for those of us who are trying to do everything, hopefully you figure that out very soon and have right. a better life, right? So you can't do everything. So 
we need people in our lives. We need accountants. We need doctors and dentists. I mean, we, we can't. So even if you taught me everything I need to know, I just don't physically have the time to do everything myself. So that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it, they just want to know they can trust you. Like people say to me all the time, Misty, I read your blogs. I absolutely love them. I can't believe the amount of stuff that you give away. It's not like I, I don't have a line drawn where I go, well, I hold this back. And then I only share this. I I share it all. Mm -hmm. And if you're the type of person that wants to become the marketer in your business, that's great. You can do that through our blogs, but who's going to be selling, who's going to be working with your clients, who's going to be doing all the things you should be doing in your business at the same time. Right? So I I don't ever risk, I don't ever fear giving away too much Mm -hmm. because um, I just know that our readers, once they read it and they realize, wow, she really knows her stuff Mm -hmm. then they'll hire us to become their marketing coach. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's a, a difference between a product service and a solution, right? Mm-hmm. So you're you're very uh, service based, yes. and and with the information you're providing to people, you're absolutely right to that that th- there comes a point where they have to make a decision. If I do this myself, what else am I sacrificing? Exactly. You know, in, in my industry, I do have to hold back a little. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because there's a thing in the mind called premature closure. Mm-hmm. And that premature closure, let's face it, let's be real. Nobody likes premature anything, <laughs> right? So, so this premature closure, what happens is, you know, I don't offer a service. I don't offer a product. I offer a solution. Sure. And, that, and that solution is your mindset, techniques, modalities, tools, stuff like that. And if, if we give away too much information, then the person turns around and says, I'm going to go do this. And when this works, I'll come back. Right. Well, what happens is we already know they're part of the problem because they're part of the problem. They can't be part of the solution. Right. So when that's the case, they'll get this information. They don't take action or they take action from the perspective that they're only capable of, of developing at that moment. And it doesn't work. And then they turn around and go, see, another thing that doesn't work. All these gurus, you know, they're, they're selling air. And well, in reality, it's nothing more than premature closure. So when they're out ingesting podcasts or, or watching YouTube or reading blogs or vlogs or participating in webinars, it's important to remember the reality that you've created, you've created off your programming. And there is a huge difference between a product, a service, and a solution. If Mm -hmm. you're looking for a solution where there is no product or service, you have to remember you're the common denominator in everything in your life. Doesn't matter what I give you. The outcome will always be the same unless it's a facilitated learning, right? Right. Yeah. So in that situation, what do you think? Absolutely. Well, so when I say that we give away everything, I mean, we're not, we're not building algorithms and (laughs) well, yeah, we're not building algorithms and we're not built. We're not building landing pages and websites for them. What we're doing is we're giving them the advice that they need to make a good buying decision. Right. So like when you read my blogs, I tell you exactly what needs to be done. Yesterday, I wrote an article on, you know, holiday marketing made easy. And I, I went through all of the steps and I said, okay, so this is what you need to build. And it's like, 
you know, 50 some things. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> High five, get her done. Right. 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 <laughs> now the reality is, is most people are going to read that and they're going to go, you know, uh, great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But I don't have time to do all of that. Right. So mm-hmm. I want to hire the experts who know what they're doing. And that blog proved that we're the experts. And right. we just so happen to have a call to action that says, Hey, need help implementing this. We can help. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And, and when it comes to your business, it's completely different. You know, I've been through your training as well. And, yeah. um, y- you know, a blog is not going to change someone's entire mindset and position, you know, where they're at. I mean, it's a process, right. With what you do. So, um, you know, you can't solve all their problems or get them unstuck or with one blog, right. Right. There's a lot of things to tackle there. So yeah, I would totally agree with, with you. So, um, yeah. And, and even, even the blog that I wrote yesterday as phenomenal as it was, pat myself on the back. <laughs> it's <laughs> only one aspect. Writer. It's, it's one aspect. It's one 30 day marketing strategy. What happens the rest of the year? That right. one blog isn't going to be everything that they need. So of course they want to hire us. They just, they just want to know that we know what we're doing and that we're going to guide them every step of the way. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I know, I know several things that, that, that you do, you know, you are, you are a campaign funnel expert. You know, you are a CRM expert. You are a web developer expert. You're a graphics expert. You're, you and your daughter's graphics are incredible, Thank right? You. Uh, I heard you just got back into photography again. So you're really becoming this whole one-stop solution for marketing. Yeah. What I'd like to do is because there's a huge... Um, what word am I looking for? Misunderstanding out there about CRMs, right? Um, A lot of people think that they sign up for, what is that? Um, MailChimp, that's what it is. MailChimp or or, uh, Constant Contact, Eye Contact, uh, AWeber, zero disrespect to any of them they all serve a purpose right absolutely however they think that's their crm yeah so can you uh can you give some clarity as to uh email marketing crms the difference between the programs i just mentioned and a robust crm can you kind of educate people on that because i think that there's a huge lack of understanding of it yeah. So a couple of things I would preempt this with is number one, if you're, if you're running your business, your business mm-hmm. off a yellow legal pad, you don't have a business <laughs> and I'm not being mean. I'm, I'm being realistic Absolutely. and someone needs to tell you that because yep. that's, it's, it's just unrealistic. And this is coming from an old school salesperson. Like back in the day, I had freaking tickler files. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Remember those? The little Rolodexes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Grandma used to put recipes in it, not me. Yep. I put prospects in it, yep. <laughs> you know, but so you, you can't, in today's day and age, you cannot be running your business off the yellow legal pad. That's number one. Number two, I am not a shiny object person. I absolutely hate getting new computers, phones, you name it. I can barely work the remote control to my TV, to my smart TV <laughs> still to this day. I'm just not a shiny object. I'm not a technology person. So I want you to know this because I think it's important that you understand for me, when I first started my business, and we're, we're talking about our, my marketing business, right? Mm-hmm. Nine years ago, um, I started off with a yellow legal pad. 
And then I went, well, this isn't working. Right? <laughs> can't keep crap of anything. And I'm waking up in the middle of the night, getting no sleep because I'm worried about who I forgot to follow up with. Right. Mm-hmm. Not a good way to grow a business. So I, I actually signed up for constant contact. I signed up for AWeber. I signed up for a lot of those smaller, um, claiming to be CRM solutions. And don't get me wrong, they will allow you to put your list in there. You can send out newsletters. They have some functionality. But Mm -hmm. here's what I've learned since now nine years in business. Um, We need a a complete solution. And it's not just, we need the CRM aspect. We also need the marketing aspect. We need the sales aspect and we need automation, especially as solo and entrepreneurs and even business, big businesses, you need to be able to have the ability to automate repetitive tasks so that they don't take all of your time, right? Mm-hmm. So that you can be more efficient. We talk about it in, you know, we, we call that scaling your business, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So when, when I met the software that we use, which is called Keep, it used to be formerly called Infusionsoft, um, this solution at the time offered me automation, the CRM aspect, um, a way to keep track of my prospects in a sales pipeline. Mm-hmm. It had all these different features. Today, Keep has, has really evolved. They really want to uh, provide small businesses everything that they need in one solution. And the reason why people ask me all the time, well, Misty, I, you know, I've seen Keep before. I've heard of it, but I don't think I'm ready for it. If you're serious about growing your business, you're ready. Because here's, here's my philosophy. And I know because I've done it. Um, when I had MailChimp, I, I spent a ton of time, hours and hours and hours developing, you know, newsletters and managing my list and trying to segment it in there. And then all of a sudden I was like, well, I really want to do text marketing. And mm-hmm. I really, I really would love to have some automation. I would really love, the, there's all these other features that I want as well. Um, appointment scheduling, the ability to do, and they don't do any of that. Mm-hmm. And so now all the work I put there, I now have to go find another software solution and go rebuild it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep rebuilding. So it's kind of like you would never, you know, build a house on a sand, on, on a beach. Right. <laughs> the right. tide's coming in and it's going to wash your house away. Right. Yep. So that's what happens in, in the process of growth of a business is, you know, those might fill a need right now, but the time and energy that you're investing is, is, is to waste because you're going to have to go find an, a real solution that mm-hmm. offers you everything that you need. Mm-hmm. And that's what keep does. Like you can do appointment scheduling. Um, it's the CRM aspect, you, task management, um, project management, sales pipeline, text marketing, landing pages. Um, heck you can build your website in there now, mm-hmm. uh, email marketing, uh, broadcast, like you name it, they basically do it. And, and they have a, a roadmap for additional growth as well. So yeah. here's my philosophy. I'm not saying keeps the best software solution out there for every mm-hmm. single business. Mm-hmm. It really depends on what your needs are. There are other solutions out there that are also viable, but you really need to think um, when you choose your software solution, choose for the long game, not, not this week, not this Smart year. Advice. Yeah, yeah, smart advice. You know, so many people, so many people start, uh, I'll say in air quotes, that business word, word yeah. right? However, they make very short term decisions. Yeah. I can't afford this. I don't have time for this. I don't know how to do this, or that's too much money, or fill in the blank, whatever those short term decisions are. And what happens is it's kind of like starting a business. Or, or, or 
I'm sorry. It's kind of like getting pregnant and and really not knowing if you're going to keep the kid through college or not. You know, right. I know. You know, I mean, I mean, when when we they can stay till they're seven, but they're out of here after that. Yeah, they get expensive. <laughs> they, when they start going to school, especially if they're into fashion, they get pricey and they eat. Yeah, the more they grow, the more they and eat. They get you a know, little lippy in the teenage years. So you have to put up with that. that. At 13, <laughs> they, at 13, it's like they, they become these aliens and it's who the heck are yeah. you, right? <laughs> Businesses are no different. Businesses morph. Yeah. They've got their infancy. They've got their toddler phase when they throw fits, when you don't pay attention to them. Yep. And they've got that adolescent and amen to that teenager phase. I remember when my business gave me lip and I realized I didn't have, I, what can I do? I can't ground it. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's it, it's really important to, to realize if you're in this game called business, uh, there's no such thing as a short term decision. Yeah. You know, I I, I talk about that a lot, too, is um, because I, I help businesses in the startup mode as well. We have a, yep. a 30 day startup challenge, actually, mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. we kind of give them guidance on what to do. Because I believe starting a business, literally, I, I'm being generous in the 30 days because I actually wrote a book, The Five Hour Startup. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and how I started a business in five hours. So I think it could be done quickly. But when, when you're starting a business initially, um, if you're going into the, the business, hopefully this will work out. You've already decided it's not right? You've yeah. already made that decision. Yeah. And, um, and I don't think that unless you change that mindset quickly, I mean, you're more of the mindset person than I am, but my experience is, is when people go in with a, hopefully they're not fully committed to the outcome. And I've never started a business. I was like every business I ever did, even side hustles, right? They were side hustles. Um, but I treated them like a real business from mm -hmm. the get-go. And because of that, I always made money. There's not a business I was not profitable in ever. Mm -hmm. I, I think about that, like literally never started a business that was not profitable yeah. because businesses that aren't profitable are hobbies. Let's yeah. not kid ourselves, right? Yeah. They're not businesses. Businesses make money. And if your business isn't making money, then you need to figure out what, what you need to focus on to make the money. Yeah. It, because that really is all it is, is it's a matter of you're spending time and energy on things that don't generate the revenue. Yeah. Right. And we've all been there, yeah. but um, yeah. So, you know, I, you can't have a plan B when it comes to going into business. That being said, I have started many businesses that ran their cycle and I went, you know what? I'm done with this business yeah. and now I'm yeah. going to pursue something new and there's nothing wrong with that, mm -hmm. you know, but you can't go into an opportunity going, hopefully maybe gee whiz. Because <laughs> yeah. why would, you know what I mean? Let's just go in full, full force, full intention on getting the outcome that you're seeking. And then if it runs its course, it runs its course and you can, you can choose a new path. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, when, when, when I have a lot of conversations with entrepreneurs who, who are, you know, they, they currently have a job and they're, they're working to build a business. I always hear this, I'm going to hold on to the job just in case this doesn't work out. And, you know, Not good. The, the, the that's like sounding I, the alarm. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the, the advice I give them is when you walk, when, when you unlock your door, when you get home and you open the door, are you keeping one foot outside the house 
just in case you don't like what you're walking into? Or do you walk into the house fully committed? And they look at me and they go, well, it's my house. And I go, yeah, and it's your yeah. business. I'm not saying to do something irresponsible, like saying I'm quitting my job, foregoing income to stay committed in my business. I'm saying have a plan. That's have all it takes. Plan. Yeah. Have, have a, plan. a plan. What do you need to, what do you need in savings and a down payment yeah. to put onto the business yeah. so that you can go and do what you need to do to make it work? Yeah. It is all about a plan. That's all it is. That's what most people lack is it's a, they have hopes and wishes rather than strategies and plans. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Misty, welcome to the signature question of the show. Yes. And the signature question of the show is what does selling without selling mean to you? That is a great question. Uh, and actually I've been having this a lot with my, my salesperson. I just brought on just this last July hmm. selling without selling for us. Cause I truly, <clears throat> I don't know what selling means to most people, but for me, I've always been in a sales position, meaning I've always sold products and services and made a commission from that. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think that most people look at selling as a, a convincing someone to take action, right? Yeah. I never looked at sales like that. Yeah. I looked at it as selling without selling is listening to what the challenges that they have and aligning those challenges with the solutions that we offer. Mm. And so if you tell me you have a problem, Misty, I'm really having marital problems. I'm like, I am not your girl. I'm a marketer. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, but you don't understand. My husband doesn't support me in the business. Again, I'm not your girl. Mm -hmm. You need a landing page up. We're good. I got mm -hmm. you. I got you. But mm -hmm. you know, it's selling without selling is, is um, listening to the challenges that they're faced with and aligning your solutions with it. If you don't have solutions, letting them know that yeah. I, it, it sounds to me like you have things that you need to work on that I can't help you with. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. that simple. You know, and, 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 and if I may, I'd love to expound on that. You know, we, we talked a lot about nurturing and, mm -hmm. you know, the dating, so to speak, and, and posturing yourself as the expert and, and really standing in your true power to serve. Right. Yes. And if, the itty bitty shitty committee is deploying on a continual basis. I need money. I need a sale. I, I hope I get this or, you know, any of that other negative connotations that spiral out of control. I don't know if I can do this. I'm not good at sales. You know, my competition's better. All that self-worth, self-esteem, self-beliefs, limiting beliefs, all of that power, all of that nurture marketing. And if you're standing on that foundation of sand, when the tide's coming in, you're going to get washed, you're going to get washed away because our prospects, our prospective clients, our avatars, they, you know, energy is a real thing. Absolutely. And, and, and if something doesn't feel right to them for them, it's going to make sense for them to look elsewhere. Yeah. And so many people don't realize that you enter an engagement before you ever get there. Yeah. And it, it shows up in your words. It shows up in your thoughts. It shows up in your visions, big or small. And yep. it, it shows up in the way you communicate. 
And it's why we say, get out of your way so you can get on your way and have your way. Because reality is we are our biggest competition. And yeah. the only way to sell without selling is to be authentic, congruent, stand on a platform of authenticity and self-reliance, self-belief, self-worth, self-trust. Because when you turn around and deliver that verbiage, oh, I can't afford that. I can't do this. If you can't believe in yourself, if you can't invest in yourself, how can any prospective future client ever believe in you or invest in you? Yeah, my, my daughter, so a couple of years ago, a few years ago, she was like 15, 16 at the time. She comes running down the stairs, like a herd of elephants. And she's like, <laughs> and she's like, oh my gosh. She goes, I made 13 cents. I was oh. like, congrats. <laughs> and she goes, no, I sold one of my pictures. So she drew, she draws and then she makes stickers out of them. And she sold one mm-hmm. on, on Etsy or one of the sites. I don't mm-hmm. remember what it was. I don't think it was Etsy, but anyway, she sold one. She's like, I made 13 cents. I was like, freaking high five, man. I said, if you can sell one, you can send a, sell a billion. Yeah. If you can sell one, you can sell, sell a billion. Yeah. Like how powerful of a mindset is that? If you have gotten one person to say yes to you, yeah. you can sell a million, a hundred, whatever the goal is that you have. Yeah. We just need to have the mindset to be present with people. And rather than creating stories in my mind, they don't like me, they don't this, they don't that, or I'm this, or I'm that. Instead of creating the stories, basically wash your brain of any preconceived ideas and just show up for the conversation and whatever comes out of the conversation comes out Mm -hmm. and then guide them if it makes sense yeah that's it yeah that's the way I look at it and reality is the only way anybody can ever say yes to you is if you say yes to you yes a hundred percent yeah absolutely yeah. So Misty, welcome to the random round. Uh, as my listeners know, as our listeners know, success leaves clues. And I like to ask our expert guests questions uh, so that our listeners can go, you know what, I really like that and apply to their life. So I have two questions for you. First and foremost, what's your morning ritual look like? All right. Well, I actually, so I've had many coaches who have mm-hmm. kind of talked about this and it is important on how you start your day kind mm-hmm. of sets the stage. So I'm very simple, very simple. Mm-hmm. I get up and I work from home. So my yeah. office is in, you're in my office right now mm-hmm. in my home. Right. And so I get up, I let the dog out. I grab water. Uh, I have some supplements that I take. I mm-hmm. have essential oil that I get started. That's mm-hmm. it's called motivate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I use that too. Yeah. I love motivate. Yeah. And adaptive. Over me. I like motivate and adaptive. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I've, I've got them all. I've got so many oils. It's ridiculous, yeah. but I, I, I get the oils going and I actually go outside because our dog is getting a little older and she like, can't be left alone. So I, I walk her outside and I walk out barefoot because they say that there's something about grounding yourself. Yeah, yeah. Right. On a spiritual level, when you walk outside barefoot. So I do that mm-hmm. and I walk around with the dog until she goes and does her business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I bring mm-hmm. her back in. And um I and I and then I I walk upstairs and I start my work day, right? It's that simple. But when I start my work day, I think the most important part of my work day that I've changed for me is um, don't check emails first thing in the morning. Hmm. 
because for me, um, checking the emails got me off on tangents Mm -hmm. and, and for whatever reason, I thought everything was a fire, but it's not, (laughs) (laughs) it's not, I made it a fire. Mm -hmm. I was actually the fire starter. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I thought the client showing up in my inbox was the fire starter. It's not, it was my reaction to it that made the fire start. So, um, I stopped doing that and I started just going, I'm going to check my inbox, but I'm only going to check it two or three times a day. And at certain, at specific times. Mm -hmm. So that way I'm not off on tangents. That's, that's been a game changer for me. Nice. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So my second and last random round question for you is, uh, and this is probably one of my favorite questions to ask, and that's what's your favorite word and why? Uh, So my favorite word, intentional. Mm, I love that word. Why? Um, Because I think most of us go through life drifting and drifting sucks. And if you, (laughs) it sucks, you don't realize it sucks until you don't drift anymore. Um, because some of us are wired where we think it, well, if I drift, then there's no expectations and I can't fall short. Mm -hmm. But actually, if, if you've ever looked, if you've ever been on a river or a lake, right, I'm originally from Michigan and you know, when a log falls into the, the, into the water, it doesn't stay in the middle. (laughs) It doesn't, it doesn't have a course. It just goes where it's, where it goes with the flow, goes with the flow, it goes where it's pushed. And where does it end up? I mean, a hundred, I don't care if you live on water or not, you know, it ends up in the side Mm -hmm. with all the muck in the guck and the (laughs) stuff that shouldn't be in water. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And that's what happens to us in life is that when we drift and we're not intentional about our day and our week and our time and our goals and the way that we approach life. And that doesn't mean that you can't just be present in moments without an agenda mm-hmm. that that is intentional, mm-hmm. right? That's still an intention on that. When we do that, we, we drift and we end up wherever, wherever that takes us. And usually it's not in good places for most no, of us. No, we end up where the flow expects us to end up or where it pushes us to. And that avoids serving us. I love, and I love intention. Intentionality is massively necessary for success. Yes. And actually, so every year I, I was, for a while, I was coming up with new words and that's the word I started about seven years ago. And I just, mm-hmm. every year, what's, what's your word of the year? Intentional. Yes. <laughs> what's your out of the year this year intentional yeah yep. <laughs> because it, it's a skill to remain intentional too yeah you know uh my I, I pick a word of the year every year and in 2019 my word was intentionality ah nice and 2019 we had probably my largest growth spurt ever yep. and uh i I have 2020s written down. It was perfect for what the year turned out to be. And we still had a growth spurt then, just not as huge as 2019. Yeah. Intentionality for me is, is a beautiful word. So yeah. thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So Misty, I truly appreciate you sharing your time with us today. I know what your schedule's like. And, and you being here really means a lot to me that, that you set that you set aside time for us. Uh, if our listeners want to reach out, connect, follow you, how do they find you? Yeah. So you can go to our website, which is your marketing coach 
online.com, mm-hmm. longest URL in history. No, mine's longer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, you're typing it out as like, does this ever end? You're know, right? to online.com. <laughs> and, and another way that you can catch us is uh, on Facebook. You can catch us on Your Marketing Coach. Um, you can also look up my name, Misty Cortis. It's M- uh, K-O-R-T-E-S. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people misspell that. I wish mm-hmm. I could just go by Misty. It's much easier. But <laughs> <laughs> there's a few other Misties in the world. Yep. So, yeah, um, that, w- that would be the best way to find me. And um, from there, there's all kinds of resources. So that'll lead you down the path we want you to be on. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. Your success is important to me. And it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do a few things right now. I'd love for you to hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. That's hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Second, I'd love it if you'd head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. That's head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. We have an immense amount of interaction on both platforms. We also share different information on both platforms. So we look forward to seeing you there. Last and definitely not least, I love to chat with you, give feedback on the episodes, and find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this podcast more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success you've always dreamed of, desired, and deserved. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15-minute call on the schedule. I look forward to getting to know you. Always remember this, choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so that you can get on your way so you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening and I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.